good afternoon or good evening and welcome to the Vanguard. For Spike, Curtis, King, David, Cohen, I am Matt Wright and together we are traversing the muddied waters of freedom. That's a good one, but honestly everything after Burning Bushwick Burning Bill. Bushwick Bill is just it's just falling. Hey folks, how are you doing? Thanks for tuning in to another amazing, astounding, and awesome episode of the Muddy Waters of Freedom. I am Spike Cohen. Joining me, as always, is Guy on Left. And uh, he is in beautiful Florida, Florida. the St. Pete area of Florida, uh, in the beautiful Tampa Bay of Florida. And I... I'm in Reno, Nevada, where you can join me tonight at the park in Reno. I should probably look that up right now. Idlewild Park. That's Idlewild Park. Idlewild Park. Idlewild Park. Park. Reno, Nevada. Today from 6 to 9 p.m. Pacific time. If you're confused by that timing, then you're in a time zone that probably would preclude you from coming anyway. Probably. Like like you, uh, yesterday. Like me, yesterday. (laughs) So, fun fun fact, guys. You might be wondering, hey, it's Wednesday. (laughs) Why are you doing a show on Wednesday, you silly gooses? Your show's on Tuesday. Well, it usually is. That's correct. But... Something very powerful and profound happened yesterday, folks. Spike learned time zones exist. I forgot (laughs) what time it was in relation to other places. I had been... So it's not my fault. Here's what happened. Sure. I was in Lubbock, and then we went straight from Texas to Arizona. And so we went straight from Central Time, which is one hour before Eastern Time, to... It's actually mountain time, but it's mountain standard time. They're not doing daylight savings, so it is effectively like Pacific time. So we went from one hour behind to three hours behind, and then we stayed there. We went from Phoenix to San Diego to Huntington Beach to Las Vegas. All of these places are three hours behind. Then we went to Salt Lake City, and guys... I have something to share with you. They're only two hours behind. Mm. What's funny is um, I went back and I watched last week's episode in which you said, I'll be in mountain time. Listen, I didn't <laughs> dispute that I knew this. It just wasn't here in <laughs> on, on Tuesday. It was back in my medulla oblongata. And... I think I'm saying that correctly. Sure. <laughs> I have no idea. And so I, so it wasn't in my, the old corpus callosum here. So all that to say, I thought we were doing our thing at five, but no, no, we were doing it at six. And that's also when I was speaking at the state capitol in Salt Lake City. So welcome to the show. Welcome. And if you haven't done so already, please be sure to like and follow whatever it is that you're listening to or watching this from. Facebook, YouTube. Right Twitter. now, there, there is Go. a race going on. Just so everybody knows, there is a race between There's Facebook, race. not Facebook, between YouTube, uh, Twitter, and Instagram on which one we will get a thousand followers to first. So vote with your follows on any of those three on which one you want to win. Vote with your follows and also follow all three of those. Right. Or do that. We want a three-way win. We do. all three if we hold could... hands and skip across the line together. That's right. Um, Twitter's so made sure quite the that. jump today. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, you might want to fix your collar right here. No. <laughs> See, I usually do all that when I put my tie on, but I haven't put my tie on yet. My ties are the boss. So, <laughs> so, folks, if you want a special treat, if you come right before, if you come around 545 to the event, you'll see me show up without a tie. Then I will awkwardly wave to you and jump onto the bus so I can get the tie on. 
that'll be a special moment for you and your loved ones. So first and foremost, I would uh, like to thank me for this handmade kava that I am drinking today, brought to you by the fine folks at those at knockemallathome.com. But I made this kava literally right before the show because I forgot to pick some up. So thank you to the fine folks at Knock em All at Home. And I probably and, a lot. and I probably made it too strong. So this is going to be a fun hour. Should be like <laughs> dragging at the end there. And allow me to no. Allow hold on. <laughs> I like to thank. Allow me. My money is going to be on Aquafina. My money's on Aquafina. Walmart. Walmart. For my kind of out of breath and running and screaming. Um, Walmart for my delicious purified drinking water that I've been drinking today. Apparently, I don't. We get so much water. We go through so much water between the extreme heat and the just the fact that I'm doing a lot. I drink a lot of water. I don't even know what I'm drinking anymore. It's a really weird time in my life. Walmart, this delicious purified drinking water. Bulavanaka. Bulavanaka. <sighs> yeah, that's going to be good. Um, oh, uh, yeah, I forgot about this part. I was about to say, we're, I know you're on a tight schedule, but uh, this episode today is brought to you by the fine people at Black Organic Coffee. That is B-L-V ckbrews.com uh, use checkout code MW for free shipping on all their fine and fantastic products over there at black organic coffee blackbrews.com uh, we are also brought to you by the Jorgensen Cohen campaign shockingly and the uh, libertarian dad bod calendar featuring some of the not quite so sexiest men of the libertarian party including this guy the right here actual literal sexiest men Including this guy right here, the Mr. April, the vice presidential nominee, and the, the absolute apex pinnacle of sexuality, <laughs> and the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus, the fastest growing food based caucus in the Libertarian Party, and also the sexiest one, and also the sexiest party. Very true. But yeah, I know the Spike has a very tight schedule. We only have about 45 yeah. minutes to get through everything that we have right yes. now. Yes, we have to talk so very fast about We have to. We so here we have, <laughs> coming right up on it, the Black Cold Brew Cafe Co. Rapid Fire segment, sponsored by BlackBrews.com, where you can use ship code uh, MW for free shipping. Um, free shipping. Free shipping. Use code MW. Uh, starting out, Disney... The company is making some very odd choices for a company like Disney, and they are moving away from the woke agenda that some say ruined things like Star Wars and that they started throwing into Marvel movies and many of their bigger uh, bigger projects. Um, and according to a source from within Disney, they are realizing that sometimes cliches are cliches for a reason and a new understanding at the highest level that get woke, go broke is no longer just a slogan. Well, I, for one, am very much looking forward to the 3D animated rendition of Birth of a Nation. <laughs> um, they've decided to stay away from social justice worrying in their projects and instead decided to focus on, and this is actually really amazing from a company like Disney, they are looking to focus on profitability. Wow. Yeah, you would not expect that from a company the size of Disney. Um <laughs> Literally, that was how it was reported. They decided to focus on profitability focus on instead profitability. of a woke agenda. Um, What's that? They are going to be reshaping some of their projects like Star Wars um, and downgrading Brie Larson in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and promoting Elizabeth Olsen in the next phase of the highly successful franchise, which I, for one, am very excited because I like her character so much more. You look Elizabeth. Is the, that the, the Scarlet the girl from Striptease? <laughs> no, Jesse Tanner? No. Yeah. No. Uh, her name is Elizabeth. Her name is Elizabeth, and I don't remember her last name because she's Jesse. Yeah, it's not. Elizabeth no. Olsen is the Olsen twins' little sister. 
But she's the oh. yeah, she's the Scarlet Witch. Well, she could couldn't have possibly been on striptease. Right now. <laughs> Uh, and they have a new policy at Disney that anyone who badmouths the fans may be fired. And they said that this includes Brie Larson and pretty much anyone Kathleen Kennedy ever hired. Wow. Yeah. So they are taking a very, what I would think would be natural approach to trying to promote movies and films and different projects and saying, don't piss off the fans and don't push your agendas. Just push the movie. Money, yeah. profitability, profitability. I'm looking forward to the the uh, the remakes of uh, of of the Star Wars nine part series where there will be like Burger King logos and <laughs> Colonel Sanders shows up randomly in a galaxy far randomly. far away a long time he ago. Shows up and is like eighteen herbs and spices. <laughs> Walks out. Hopefully they go with the Norm Macdonald Colonel Sanders because he is the best he, one. Well, I mean, Norm Macdonald is the best at no matter what he does. He yeah. was the best on Weekend Update. He's the best Colonel Sanders. He's, he's just the best. I mean, let's be clear. If, if, if Disney really cares about profitability, then Norm Macdonald will be on everything. You would, well, with the number of TV shows Norm Macdonald has had and have been canceled, I'm not really sure if that's accurate. He was ahead of his time. He he was ahead of his time. That's this is the, the 2020 is the year of Norm. I'm, <laughs> I'm calling it. Um, boy, I did not put these in any order that I could do segues. Uh, yesterday, the CDC released a new report in which the number of people who have died from COVID who didn't have any other underlying conditions rests roughly around 9,000 people or 6% of all of those who have died with COVID. Right. Now... For the other 94%, uh, they had deaths, they, they had conditions or uh, causes of death along with COVID, and the average amount that they had was 2.6 additional conditions on top of COVID, mm-hmm. which is why the number of people that were dying that were over the age of 65 already having pre-existing conditions uh, makes up three-fourths of the people who died. Um, Which makes sense, because when you look at the early surge of deaths, those were happening in largely happening in retirement homes and nursing homes where people with COVID-19 were being shipped into for convalescent care, even as the people at those facilities were saying, we don't have protocols in place to protect everyone else here from from the spread of COVID-19. Please don't do this. Then they they did it anyway, because that's what they're action plan told them to do right now. And actually I said that wrong. I said three fourths, four fifths of COVID deaths uh, were 65 and older. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we expect. I mean, uh, any of these respiratory illnesses typically now there are many people that get it and then have, you know, permanent lung damage and things like that and organ damage or whatever, but typically the ones who died, it's because they already had another thing going on and, or they were, you know, older as well. Right. And, you know, we have, we've been saying this for months, this is going to affect people uh, who are older with underlying conditions. The people who are younger, the people in their 20s, their 30s and younger, who don't have underlying conditions, for the most part, don't really need to be all that concerned with it. You're going to get sick. You need to, you need to quarantine. Not saying that you don't need to do that. Right. But if you get sick, you need to quarantine. You need to stay away from everybody because you don't want it spreading. You don't but want to spread it to someone. It is, yeah. Right. Yeah. But it is not the death sentence we have all been told it's going to be. Well, and this has been a weird thing with the narrative because we've always known that at best the fatality or, or yeah, at best for us, the fatality rate was at or around 1%. And at worst, uh, it was at or around 7 or 8%, but that either way it largely affected uh, the elderly and the and 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 you know those who already have chronic illnesses, which is not to say that the elderly and those with chronic illnesses you know are, shouldn't be protected or that you know their lives don't matter or anything like that. But when you have a disease like that, the idea that everything should be forcibly shut down for the foreseeable future, uh, that is going that shutting down of everything and all of the human suffering that causes all of the increases in suicide and addiction and depression. I mean, 
you know one of the things that has been labeled non-essential? AA meetings and NA meetings. I've actually met people on my bus tour during this trail where they've said one of our biggest problems, you know, there were a lot of people in the Libertarian Party, myself included, who are recovering addicts. And they say. Just Monday, Monday coming up, September 7th, Labor Day, that will be seven years alcohol free. Nice, man. Yeah. Congratulations. Seven years. That's awesome, man. Great, great job. Great yeah. job. And I've talked to a bunch of other people that are, have, are remaining sober, and they're struggling to remain sober because they can't go to their meetings, or they're having to go to these online meetings or you know, Zoom meetings or phone call meetings, which they say aren't even remotely the same and, and aren't nearly as good at, at, with accountability and, and having that fellowship and everything else. All of the other things that happen as a result of just shutting everything down arbitrarily um, is going to lead to far greater human suffering than the actual virus itself causes. Not to even get into the economic disaster caused by it, uh, just looking at the raw, immediate human suffering. Um, we were told, and correctly so, that the people that are doing these Black Lives Matter protests, who are often exposing themselves uh, to higher risk for COVID-19, that what they're doing is a calculated risk, that they feel like what's happening to them uh, you know, with, with systemic infringements against them in their communities uh, is more is, 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 is a greater threat to them than COVID-19 is, and that therefore it's a, it's a correct calculated risk for them to protest. I agree. I equally agree that for the people that are protesting the lockdowns and saying we need to be able to run our small business again to feed our families, we need to be able to work again to feed our families, we need to be able to go to AA again, we need to be able to go to the hospital again and get uh, uh, what are the, what is it they call it? Um, elective screenings, like, you know, cancer screenings and other actual, the other disease screenings, they are taking a calculated risk in saying that these lockdowns are doing more damage to them than the virus themselves. So it is correct. It is correct that, you know, the, the protesters are doing something that they're protesting something that is a greater risk to them than COVID-19. That's true of all these protesters, and I, I wish both sides would have show a little grace to the other to recognize that everyone is protesting based on a calculated understanding of what their risks are. And often, and in both cases, they are concluding that the damage being done to them by a big, out-of-control, unaccountable government is greater than the risk of the virus itself, and I agree with them. Speaking of out-of-control governments, the state of California has some weird has some weird rules on uh, what can be labeled butter and what can't be labeled butter, uh, okay. because they sent a company called Miyoko, Miyoko's Creamery, who makes vegan butter a cease and desist, uh, alleging the company's vi the company's butters violated state and federal standards of identity for butter. Now, last week. <laughs> U.S. District Court Judge Richard Seaborg in California ruled Miyoko's Creamery uh, may use the word butter to describe its vegan butter um, <laughs> because uh, he said that people know what they're buying when they buy something that's called uh, vegan butter. Vegan butter. And the argument that swayed the judge was, well, it identifies as butter, so... Is that true? No, that part's not true. Oh, okay. I was going to say that would be funny. When I came up um, with that, I laughed so hard, and I showed it to uh, Case, Casey Neff because she was sitting next to me, and she, she said the same thing. She was, is that true? It's like, wow. Yeah, no, I wish it were. <laughs> um, so let's be clear about something. Vegan butter isn't butter. It is not. Well, okay, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, depends on what you go by. If you go by the federal guideline for butter, which means that it's dairy-based, no. If you go by the dictionary definition, which is anything that can be spread onto us, like onto bread, it is because apple butter, peanut butter, yeah. right? Vegan butter, technically, because it is spreadable, is butter by oh, the dictionary okay. definition. Okay, okay, but it's not. Yeah, okay, so it is a a butter, like you know how we have like nut butters and peanut right. butter and almond butter and. And, 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 and all that. Okay, but it's not 
butter. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not butter. Butter is butter. Okay? But it's none of anyone's business if you want to call your not butter butter. Especially when you're calling it vegan butter. Okay? Obviously, it's not made out of, out of milk. And you're not competing. Here's the other thing. Are you trying to sell yourself as, as a, basically a knockoff of, a, of one of your competitors? No. They're doing just the opposite. They're saying butter is bad for you and it's, it's, you know, yep. it, it's you... cow rape or whatever. <laughs> and, and so, you know, try our vegan butter where we were only – we were raping the soybeans or whatever, right? So that's fine. That's if they want to call it butter, then it's Yeah, who good. cares? I, I know if I see something that says vegan butter, I know it doesn't have dairy in it, and I know I'm not going to buy it. And listen, I might buy it because I eat, uh, except for fish and honey, I eat vegan. I, I don't eat any other animal products, right? Do I eat any other? Yeah, I don't eat any other animal products. I only eat fish and, uh, and honey. Um, so I'm like 95% vegan. Uh, I probably won't eat vegan butter though, because usually it has a bunch of like hydrogenated oils and stuff in it. And I typically stay away from that. But I have peanut butter, which I guess is a vegan butter now. Um, uh, I have almond. Well, butter. I guess that depends on how it's made. I don't know if they have butter in vegan in peanut butter. No, they don't. They don't. They typically have like an oil, but like the the organic butter, uh, organic almond and, and peanut butters I use, they just like grind up uh, uh, roasted nuts. You use that stuff. I, I I use you know the stuff that like, it may have a you, peanut in it, but it kind of tastes like peanuts. I use that. Yeah, you taste butter. you taste like you take like jif jif and stuff like that. Yeah, no, that stuff's all vegan. Like there's no there's no animal product in that stuff. So it's a vegan butter. Um, and it's none of the government's business. It's none of the And I'm not – having spent a, a little bit of time in California now, I'm not the least bit shocked. That would be a <laughs> problem. Um, also, I'm going back to – oh, speaking of California, I'm going to be in Oakland tomorrow. Tomorrow, I know how to talk. Yeah. Uh, I'll be in Oakland tomorrow at Empowerment Park uh, from 6 to 9 Pacific time, uh, and, uh, which is three hours behind Eastern time. I just realized you saying I'm actually somewhat vegan is a lot like Donald Trump saying I'm actually somewhat libertarian. <laughs> because and you're not because you're not I'm not a vegan. Because you're I'm not a vegan and he's not a libertarian. Yeah, except I'm ninety five percent I my diet is ninety five percent vegan and his policies are ninety five percent not not libertarian. <laughs> yeah. Most libertarian president ever. Um <laughs> So, uh, unfortunately, we have to talk about this. I didn't. I was kind of hoping that we weren't, weren't going to have to talk about it, but we have to talk about it. Okay. Um, last week, uh, the big news of the week was Kyle Rittenhouse, yep. who, as everybody at this point knows, is the 17-year-old kid from Antioch, Illinois, who became a household name over uh, the course of the last week. Um, he has been charged with first-degree intentional homicide, reckless homicide, attempted intentional homicide, recklessly endangering safety, and possession of a dangerous weapon while under the age of 18. Attempted intentional homicide. Yeah. I, I, is that just attempted murder? So my understanding is that Wisconsin weird uh, words there their murder law is weird. Like they have like the way that they just like, it's, it, they don't have like murder one and murder two. They have like these odd ways of defining it. Um, I'm not even sure if they use the word murder. They use like homicide, homicide. And yeah. it's, like, intentional homicide and stuff like that. So. Right. Cause I mean, first degree, intentional homicide, reckless homicide, yeah. attempt an intentional homicide. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. So before we get into any of this, I just want to say for me, because I'm not going to speak for Spike. Uh, yes, he is a statist boot-licking police worshiper. And I don't agree with him on probably about 60 to 70% of issues. Of anything. Yeah, yeah. Right. Just saying that. I'm just saying that. I, I probably would not enjoy this kid's company. 
<laughs> probably not. Like, we probably would not get along. However, before we unpack anything, I want it to be known. I understand who this kid is. And that doesn't mean that I have to automatically disagree with him or agree with him. Of course. You, yeah. Yeah. Um, so... In this, you kind of have to start at what the beginning of the situation was. Um, and at the beginning of this, there was a group of protesters who started a fire in a dumpster and pushed it toward a gas station, which we have the footage of right here. Um, there may not be sound on this. Yeah, I don't think there is. Um, so this is a literal dumpster. It's a literal dumpster fire that one of the members of the CNN boys put out with the fire extinguisher. They get mad. They push it off to the side. Somebody pushes it off to the side. Um, so that was a boog there. That was a that was a boog who put it out. But the okay. protesters were the ones who lit the dumpster on fire and pushed it to a gas station. This is where all of this started. Now we okay. do. I didn't put it in because I didn't have time to bleep out all of the words that we are not allowed to say. Uh, but there. After that, after that incident happened, Joseph Rosenbaum was in an altercation at that gas station in which he, who apparently, like this guy, he looks like he's like 5'2". Either that or everybody he was standing around is like 6'4", and I don't believe that one, so I think he's only like 5'2". Um, he is, he's coming out hot, and he's coming out very hard, and he is pushing into the Boogs, into the CNN boys, into the Penguin Patrol. Um, he's pushing into those guys, and he's yelling, and he is saying, shoot me, word I'm not allowed to say, yeah, shoot N-word, me. Yeah, right. N-word, yeah. And he's, he is doing all of that. Now, where is Kyle in all this? Granted, all we can really go on is based on what his lawyer said because we don't really know where he was. And his lawyer said, uh, as Kyle proceeded towards the second mechanic shop, he was accosted by multiple rioters who recognized that he had been attempting to protect a business the mob wanted to destroy. This outraged the rioters and created a mob now determined to hurt Kyle. They began chasing him down. Kyle attempted to get away, but he could not do so quickly enough. Upon the sound of a gunshot behind him, Kyle turned and was immediately faced with an attacker lunging towards him and reaching for his rifle. He reacted instantaneously and justifiably with his weapon to protect himself, firing and striking the attacker. The attacker was Joseph Rosenbaum. And in the video that we actually, so in the video that we have here, we do have this altercation. So if it, again, if anybody doesn't like, seeing people die on our show, which apparently YouTube is now taking people off the air for showing this video. Um, we're going to show it. So don't watch. Yeah. Don't right, watch. Don't watch. Um, so right there. And it's, it's very difficult to see from the angle. You're going to see Kyle run around from the car. He's going to walk up and check on the person that he just shot, which is Joseph Rosenbaum. He didn't shoot him in the back of the head. He shot him from the front when he turned around at the sound of the gunshot. Then he runs around the car. He pulls out his phone, and he calls somebody. Uh, he's making sure that this guy's getting his medical attention, and he's making sure that the guy's getting his medical attention. Then he turns and he runs away, and you can hear him say, I just killed somebody. Many people. Can you play? Can you play that? I'm sorry. Can you play that again? Because the first part, it's hard to see. It is really, yeah. It's yeah. I'll play. I'll play it again. Um, but yeah, it's very hard to see. So up near the cars where you saw him run around, keep your focus there. Okay. Wow, it's really hard to see what happens. Yeah, it's really hard to see what happens there. And then he pulls out his phone here. Yeah, that, that part I saw. Right. And at this point, the person who's taking this video runs up 
I think it's this one. Yeah, it is this one. This person runs up and uh, checks on the person who's on the ground, Joseph Rosenbaum, um, okay. who had been shot in the head. And you've got like nine people with cell phones just filming it. Um, yeah, yeah. There is another angle that was harder to see. You may have had like the beginning portion of it a little bit better, but anything after that was really difficult. It was harder to see. Yeah. But that yeah. in, in the other one is where you see the bag being thrown. And right. people are like, he just threw a plastic bag. I have thrown many a plastic bag in my life. There was something in that plastic bag because right, right, right. there is no way somebody can make a plastic bag move through the air like that. Now, after immediately after that, immediately after that, he starts running and he is running in the direction of the police line. Say what you want about that. He's running in the direction of the police line. Right, right. Presumably, presumably to uh, tell him, hey, I just shot somebody. We don't know if right. that's actually what he was going to say. But on the way, the guy who was shooting the other video, the one that didn't have the good angle at the, the worst angle at the end, because neither one of them were good, he is running along next to him filming this entire time. I didn't do the editing on this. This guy swings at him, misses. He falls. Shoots the guy that tries to kick him in the head. Shoots the guy that hits him with the skateboard. Shoots the guy that points a gun at him. Then he gets back up. He gets back up. I think he just fires some into the ground in order to keep people away. I'm not sure if that's even him doing that. And then he walks, well, he goes all, it's like a minute long of him walking slowly to the police line. Then when yeah, he gets yeah, yeah. to the police yeah. line, he puts his hands up and he puts his hands up and he tries to go there. What the police do after that, you can't blame Kyle for um, so what we have very poorly shot video of the encounter. We have very poorly shot video of the encounter, but what we yeah, know is yeah. that Kyle Rittenhouse was somebody said in the comments and I couldn't find the video. Uh, but Daniel Phillips says Kyle was running back to the gas station with the fire extinguisher. Uh, he wasn't the one who used the fire extinguisher, which is why I didn't want to say it, but I had heard that before. And okay. he, uh, then he was being chased by Rosenbaum. That was Rosenbaum that was chasing him. He was running through the car lot. And when Rosenbaum started to catch him, you hear a gunshot go off. Not the same gun. It's a different gun. Kyle turns around. Rosenbaum's right there. And that's when he shoots him. I would not call this, I would say that this is self-defense, especially, so my, especially, the first, especially the first one. So my thing is there's two big question marks there from those videos. One is, and maybe I'm just not able to see it right, but it looks like when uh, Rosenbaum is it? Rosenbaum. The, the first guy that Kyle shot. Yeah. When he was shot. He was like on the. It looked like he was like on the other side of the car. He, okay, so that's was on. no. So when he's, they both. So where the cars are parked along the along the lines, right there, like okay. on the left and the right, both of them run up this way. Kyle okay. is starting to run through two cars, and that's when he turns around and Rosenbaum's on him, so he fires, and then Kyle then runs he around. around. Oh, okay, 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 okay. He finishes running around the car to check to make to be like, oh God. And then he sees him getting medical treatment, and that's when he makes the phone call where he says, I just shot somebody, or I just killed somebody. And then he okay. starts running to the police line. All right. Well, assuming that that is the case, then that's obviously much less open and shut than if, for example, he cut, there was an entire car length between the two of them and he decided to shoot them. The other question mark is when you were saying, you, we can't tell if he was just firing into the ground or what he was doing there at the end. 
if after shooting those people that were going after him, he gets up and then starts shooting at other people that are have their hands up or running away or are far away enough from him, then that could potentially be, you know, uh, uh, attempted murder or, you know, negligent homicide or, or, you know, if someone died or whatever else. Um, the only other thing is that there is the question of, and there's been a lot of debates in libertarian circles with this happening. Uh, and there's been debates before in the past, but obviously it's much more heated now. And that is if someone else shows up to protect, if someone shows up to protect someone else's property, private property, without them knowing or asking them to, are they any more or less a trespasser than anyone else that's there? Even if the intent is to protect it, um, is that an actual proper defense or is that just an act of, now, you know, uh, also, again, according to lawyers, because that's all you can really go on on this. According to Kyle's lawyers, the per, the pro, the properties that they were protecting, the owners actually said, "Will people please protect these?" Because they had okay. one well, burned down, and then they had people ask to protect them. Okay, that which that a and, lot. and yeah. that and that was the thing that where I was like, "Okay, this changes a lot." Not only that, but there's a video from earlier in the night where Kyle was talking with somebody that was interviewing him, a citizen journalist or whatever. Kyle had just been uh, pepper sprayed. And the guy's filming him. And he's like, hey, what, what's going on? He's like, oh, I was just pepper sprayed by somebody in the crowd. And he goes, but you have a gun on you. He goes, right. Well, I have, I, you know, they attacked me with a non-lethal weapon. I only have lethal. I'm not shooting him for this. Which that would, if that were the case, then that would demonstrate that he was using some discretion there on, on use of force, which lends itself against the idea that he then went and murdered people. It's yeah. not to say that his, his mindset couldn't have changed in, in fear or whatever, but uh, you know, I mean, typically if in a heightened situation you're already cognizant of the fact that you have a lethal weapon, they have a non-lethal weapon, and so you choose not to use the lethal weapon because it would be, in your mind, a... a disproportionate increase in force that kind of takes away from the murder argument. Uh, the only two other things I would say are, and this is something that our friend Brent Ritter has mentioned a lot. Right. Uh, if your 17 year old is going to a, essentially a war zone, uh, to fight, then you're possibly a bad parent. Um, and, and, and here's the thing. But and, and some people said, well, go ahead. So here's the other thing. Yeah. Earlier in the day, he was just cleaning up graffiti now in, in Kenosha. So mom might have thought she was driving him there to clean up graffiti. And which and, and yeah, and, and that's probably what he said. I doubt he said, hey, Ma, uh, I'd like to go and uh, and fight with the, you know, fight uh, to protect private property against, you know, protesters and rioters. Right. Again, I will say that. If my kid was asking me to take them to, and yes, I know he's 17, he's not a 12-year-old or whatever, but if someone who lives under my roof is saying, hey, dad, can you take me to the, the big protest there, and I'm looking on the news and seeing what's happening there, I'd be like, no, no, you're, you're staying here. There's nothing there for you. Um, the other thing is, 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 the, is oh, here, well, here's the thing that's kind of, not really re directly relative to this, but it puts it in perspective. Kyle Rittenhouse shot some people. Uh, he's been arrested by law enforcement. He will presumably go through due process where evidence will be looked at and a jury of his peers, whatever you want to call that, a jury will look at uh, the case and determine whether or not he is guilty of killing those people. Uh, if a conviction is done in error, uh, or if a conviction is done at all, uh, he can then appeal that. This is something that happened a matter of minutes after the last person he shot. Breonna Taylor's killers have still not had a single charge filed against them. Uh, Ryan Whitaker's killers have not had a single charge filed against them. Duncan Lemp's killers have not had a single charge filed against them. Uh, Dylan Shaver's chart of killers have not had. Am I saying his name right? Yeah. Daniel Shaver. Daniel. Daniel I was Shaver. like, it's Shaver, but I it don't. It was Shaver, yeah. Daniel Shaver's killers. Um, Eric Garner's killers. Tamir Rice's killers. John Crawford's killers. 
this is what the protests, and I'm not talking about the rioting, I'm talking about the protests. This is what the protests are about. If we kill someone and it's not clearly an act of self-defense, and sometimes even if it is clearly an act of self-defense, we are arrested and have to go through the due process of determining whether or not that was correct. When police officers kill someone, there is a presumption that they did nothing wrong, and the people in power whose job it is to determine this immediately close ranks around that officer, unless the evidence is so overwhelming that they committed murder that they simply have to act. If there is any possible way for them to not arrest the killers, they don't. That is the difference. As it relates to this question, what I know now makes me lean more on the side that he was in that moment acting in self-defense. Now, with that said, the fact that he willingly went to what he knew was a hot zone to do this is going to weigh into that factor. Um, because if I walk into, and this is an extreme, but if I walk willingly into a gunfight and end up killing people, it's harder for me to argue that I was acting in self-defense because I chose to walk into a gunfight. In a similar token, that's going to weigh in as well. Uh, I think, and this kind of leans into what I've been hearing over and over again, because I've seen a lot of evidence that can be used to feed into both sides' confirmation biases. And hopefully more concrete evidence comes out that can really make it lean one way or another. Uh, but I think it would do everyone well to recognize that this is not as cut and dry as everyone wants to make it seem um, on either side. Uh, it is too easy for, it's too early for anyone to call Kyle Rittenhouse a, a hero or a villain. Right. It's possible that he isn't really clearly either. Agreed. Um, and also, none of this would be happening if police were being held accountable. Agreed. Agreed on all that. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, and something that's not in the, uh, with absolutely no segue, something that's not in the notes that we're not really going to have time to get to because I still want you to be able to give your campaign update. Uh, the state of Oregon has a bill, uh, the Drug Addiction Treatment and Recovery Act, or Measure 110, which would reclassify low-level possession of all illegal substances from a misdemeanor to a violation, prompting either a $100 fine or a health assessment in which you would be able to go to rehab. Well, that's not the ideal solution. But it's, it's not the ideal, but it is a step no. in the right direction. It and is a step in the right direction. And that's all illegal substances? All illegal substances. There you go. It's going to decriminalize all illegal substances. The rehabs are going to be paid for out of the uh, tax funded or the tax money from uh, buying weed. Um, drug trafficking. And for, those who have a, and for those who have a problem with that, incidentally. Because I do as well. I, yeah, I, don't, I, I don't think the government should be getting involved in rehab. Nope. It costs markedly less than putting them in cages, and it actually gets them clean, as opposed to putting them in a cage where they often become addicted to even worse things. Yep. That's um, actually good. And according to the Oregon Criminal Justice Commission, uh, it could lead to 1,800 fewer Oregonians being convicted of felony possession of a controlled substance each year, which would turn out to be a drop of 95% from the current conviction rate. Uh, the arrests of blacks, who obviously are disproportionately affected uh, by the drug war, would fall 93.7%. Which means that 93.7% of convictions of black people is for possession of small amounts of drugs. Yep. So I we I wanted you to have time to do a, a campaign update, yeah. but I wanted to mention that because it's not yeah, perfect, no, but it's it's good. And I'll be in Oregon in three days, so we can. Well, I'll be in Eugene and then in Portland too. So well, um, we will be talking about that because right. that's being, that's good news. No, that's, that's good news. Right direction. That is, that so, is good news, and it also uh, in the notes it says how much it'll save, but you can deal with that when you go to portland yeah, yeah yeah exactly so uh so here's where we so campaign update i am doing uh, again i'm going to be at idle wild park here in reno uh at six so like in about a half hour uh, i'll be there i'll give be giving one of my patented small speeches followed by about an hour of q a followed by about an hour or so of hanging out with the crowd taking pictures 
and all of that stuff. Uh, also, then we will be going to Oakland tomorrow to Empowerment Park, um, and we will be doing the same there for all the people in the Bay Area. Be sure to come out. Uh, two days from then, we'll be in uh, Eugene, Oregon. Then we will be in Portland, Oregon the following day. And our final event is in Seattle, Washington, or actually, I think Olympia, Washington, uh, at the Capitol uh, on uh, Labor Day. And we'll be doing an event there as well. Also, quick campaign update. I don't have COVID-19, and neither does anyone in my crew. Uh, a lot of people were asking about the wrestler early on, but I wanted to wait to ask until. Oh yeah, yeah, I got inter- oh, That's right, I got interviewed by Dolph Ziggler, who is a two-time, actually four-time WWE World Champion. I was on his IG live. We met in Phoenix, and uh, that's where he lives. And he interviewed me. It was going to only be two or three minutes, but we had such a cool conversation, and ended up lasting like fifteen, twenty minutes. And I got to interact with all of his fans and stuff, and talk about. Uh, the libertarian message. He is uh, 100% behind uh, getting rid of the duopoly, getting rid of the republicrats, and you know having a viable option uh, so that Americans have more options to choose from, and and also to uh, dismantle these these terrible centrally planned ideas that the Republicans and Democrats have put forward. And uh, yeah, he's all for it. Dolph Ziggler. Uh, we're going to put the zigzag to the republicrats. That was the one part he hated about the interview. Actually, was that you said, said that? Yeah, uh, he said. So his, his patented move, his signature move is the zigzag. And so at the end of it, I said, and with your help, we're going to put the zigzag, we're going to do the zigzag to the Republicrats. And he said, well, I loved almost all of this. <laughs> and uh, I had to do it. I had to do it. I'm sorry. Oh. Um, but yeah, no, we've been having a fantastic time. I'm almost sad uh, that this has had to come to an end. Uh, I mean, I guess it's, it's six days from now. It'll be coming to an end, so I shouldn't be saying that. But uh, I also am, will be uh, relieved to be able to spend a few days at home. I'll be spending about a week at home. I'll still be doing stuff every day, but I'll be at home. Um, and uh, and then after that, we're already we're already even as I speak. We're already planning our next uh, our next moves. We're going to be going to the northeast. We're going to be going to the southeast. Might even be hitting the uh, some of those northern mountain west states that I couldn't get to. Um, Spike Cohen's going to be in a lot of places, and, and he also speaks in the third person now. Does that mean that Matt Wright is producing a lot more shows? Very possibly. Hmm. That, that starts. Oh, oh yeah, by the way, i got to give a shout-out to our runner today, Cassandra Fudge, who uh, is um, – she's our runner. At every, at every uh, stop, we have at least one person who is our runner. They take us – to places we need to go to because you can't just drive a bus around everywhere and our bus drivers require to you know he has to get a certain amount of sleep so during the day uh you know in between our hotel and the bus and you know getting groceries and dry cleaning and you know whatever else uh and she has been our runner here in beautiful reno cassandra fudge huge fan of muddy waters uh i do believe she's team guy on right um and oh speaking of which i met one of your fans in Phoenix, Who? I intentionally forgot her name, <laughs> uh, but she's on here. I'm sure she's team guy on left, whatever. I think she's getting the shirt. I don't even care, whatever. And uh, she was great. She was a volunteer for the event or something, whatever. Um, that was in Phoenix, uh, but everyone else has been me. So uh, <laughs> I became friends so, with Kate, Katie Wright and I are now friends on uh, Facebook. So me and my daughter are finally friends on Facebook. Thanks to you. I, I, I'm glad to finally heal that, that divide in the right family. Oh, was that, um, was it and, Jordan Brooks? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Is Jordan's a woman. I, I don't know. <laughs> Jordan I, I, Brooks said me. So I'm assuming. Yeah, that's, that's, um, so, folks, thanks again for tuning in. Um, really great having you on, Jordan. And uh, a shout-out to Cassandra. She's been fantastic. She has done so much for us today. She's been doing serious work out here. Cassandra, you're amazing. I'll see you in, like, six minutes. Um, and uh, I uh, am very, very honored. We have had so much that has happened 
so many things that these volunteers have done and it's just overwhelming because I show up, all I do is I show up, I give my speech, I do my, my photos with the boobs and with all the volunteers and all the people that come out, I get to take pictures with guns. Like I'm having, I'm living my life out here. I'm having, living the dream. And I see these folks and they're like setting stuff up and they're handing out, you know, merchandise and they're collecting donations and they're telling people how to join the state affiliate and the LP. They're just fantastic. And they are the human army. Uh, for the, 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 the grassroots army for human liberty. Uh, and uh, I'm so honored to be working with them and have them do all the lifting that they're doing because we, we couldn't do this without them. So thanks again for tuning in. And uh, we will see you next week uh, at Tuesday uh, for a Tuesday-tastic episode of the Muddy Waters of Freedom. And Matt, if someone were looking to find us on the internet, how would that even happen? If somebody wanted to find us on the internet, uh, it's really easy. If you're interested in only hearing our sweet, buttery, soulful, beautiful voices instead of looking at our gorgeous faces at the same time, uh, you can find us at anchor.fm slash muddied waters, where you can also leave us messages. And if you happen to be so inclined, hit the old donate button and uh, leave a monthly donation so we can continue bringing you this high-quality content every week um or you can find this in every other episode at muddiedwatersmedia.com well that sounds fantastic i'm going to go do all of that right now again so folks thanks again for tuning in we will see you next week and where we're going we don't need roads <laughs>